Hello. Hello. How's it going? Oh, life is good. Oh, well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was a time uh, when I was younger that I like actually spent some number of minutes, hours thinking like, what am I going to say when people ask me like, how's it going or how are you doing or like that, that small talk start and I wanted to have something and like, (laughs) you know, that's just how much of a robot I am. I just like, I'm going to sit and think about this for for a second and I'm never going to think about it again. And (laughs) But that's actually not how it happened because what it ended up being is I've rethought it so many times. <laughs> um, but for a while, I, I, I said, getting by. Getting by. Getting that's by. That's catchy. That's catchy. That's what I thought. Everybody thought I was depressed, which, of course, I was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to bring that much attention to it, though. But yeah, <laughs> I thought it was just a nice phrase. Like, oh, I'm getting by. Not like it definitely phrase. has a little bit of a. A uh, depressing tone to it. Maybe it's one of those things like I thought I was saying getting by and what everybody else in the world heard was I am getting by. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably the latter. Yeah, I'm not feeling real great right now, but I'm feeling okay to talk, enough to talk, but... I had some like spicy sausage or something and uh, got some heartburn going on right now. Oh man. Yeah. That's a real like getting old situation. Yeah. <laughs> Yay mortality. <laughs> <laughs> Can't eat my spicy sausage anymore. Is it, is it like an Italian sausage? Or? No, it was just like a breakfast sausage kind of thing. I had it oh. earlier today. Okay. Yeah. I had my usual like brunch type thing around 11.30-ish, and it's still hanging on. There is a book that I read with Grace that's a Pete the Cat book, mm-hmm. and it's Pete the Cat in the pizza party. He invites a bunch of people over for a pizza party. He's going to make a pepperoni pizza, but then they're all like, oh, well, I like pretzels on my pizza, and I like pistachios on my pizza, and I like pickles on my pizza, and they start adding uh, all these pea ingredients on there. Sure. So at the end of the book, there's just all this stuff. It's a huge mound of pizza, but the very last picture has like a bottle of heartburn relief next to the pizza as they're all eating it. Nice. And Grace is like, what is that? And I'm like, uh, you'll understand when you're older. <laughs> Can't just go around eating papaya pizzas when you're older and hope it all works out well. <laughs> the real question was, whether was there pineapple on the pizza? No, no pineapple, but there was papaya and there was pistachios. Disappointing. You got to teach her, you got to teach her from an early age here. She needs pineapple pizza. That, yes, I've tried. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I've got a, uh, there's, there's a good deal of pizza talk in our house these days. (laughs) (laughs) Because I, at one point I asked my mom, like, could you give me your pizza crust recipe? Because I remember her making homemade pizza when i was a kid and she obliged and so since then i've been like making pizza every week or so except for when there's no yeast because the all the bakers buy it all thank you pandemic and uh grace has figured out that like i can make whatever set aside for her as much as i need to 
like so i make one big pizza but like i can just not put toppings on it and so now she's like oh i can always have cheese i want cheese pizza yeah and it's like oh come on you were gonna be the coolest kid and now you're just a kid (laughs) (laughs) that's the deal breaker right there cheese pizza cheese pizza come on time to disown her that's right (laughs) uh but she's too cute i can't let her go too cute too cute so my mom was visiting this past week. Nice. Yeah. She usually comes about once a year. I'll go see her around Christmas, and she usually comes see me around summer. Uh, she lives in Missouri now, which is near Kansas City. It's like a six-hour drive-ish. Mm-hmm. So it's not awful, but it's enough to, like, you don't want to make that trip very often. Sure. But – uh so she came in she spent the week we didn't really do anything i mean what do you do you don't want to get out too much yeah (laughs) Yeah. uh we were take out a couple nights yeah she went to kentucky and visited some of her friends around there a couple days it's funny because my mom and i are like totally opposite people like i'm textbook introvert but she like she talks a lot and uh we have to we we can only take some small doses so she'll she'll come for a day or two and then wear me out and then she'll go visit some of her friends and then she'll come back because she's like you're boring i gotta go see more friends (laughs) i mean she doesn't say that and i don't say mom (laughs) i'm getting sick of you go (laughs) it's just kind of understood in our family gatherings, it's kind of a thing that no matter how much we try to plan of like, oh, we're going to do this and we could do this. And maybe this would be a thing that like 90% of our family will end up just sitting around drinking coffee for <laughs> all the whole time. It could be 10 days. We'd just sit around and drink coffee for 10 days. Um, but my sister and her family, they are like a, they're an up and at them kind of family. Sure. The, and so the Browns, they got, they got to get up and do something. And so it usually ends up that like, the rest of us sit around drinking coffee while the Browns go off and have an adventure, and then they come back and tell us what they did. <laughs> like, that's kind of the thing I today. So, have you watched Hamilton? No, I don't have Disney Plus. Oh, it's worth buying it just for a month to watch Hamilton. It's really good. I'm guessing you did then. Yes. Well, yeah. we. Uh, my family against my judgment has created an account on our, on my mother-in-law's Disney plus account. Hmm. And I keep on saying that if we're using it, we should just buy our own account because that's the way I feel about these things. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to account for everything my wife does. So she's like, it's my mom's (laughs) and she said, we can be on it. And like, it's totally set up that you can have family members on there. So they did it. So I watched stuff with her. And when I knew Hamilton was on there, like, well, if you wanted to watch Hamilton, I'd be into that. <laughs> yeah. And it's so good. Nice. Yeah. I, I listened to some, but it's not the same. I've oh no, it's it. not at all the same. Well, that's, now you're like, gonna watch... that's like half an hour of talking that we don't get to do now because you haven't watched it. I was banking on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, now you have to watch the Mandalorian too. You know, we watched two episodes of it, and then it was one of those that we said we we're going to watch it together. And, it, like, I'm, I'm trying not to use the Disney Plus. Like, well, okay, I take it back. 
I've decided that if I'm going to use it, I'm just going to buy a membership for it. And I've never wanted to watch the Mandalorian or anything else so much that I was going to buy it. Sure. So we were going to watch it together, but then we just watch stuff together so rarely that something else has always trumped it. So we've watched sure. two episodes of it. I just haven't seen the rest. It's good. It's definitely worth watching. I think. What's I didn't your... realize that the baby Yoda was like so early in it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a main character for sure. It's not just like, oh, that's cute, and then it's gone. It's like, no. That's what I expected. I thought it was like he was going to be like in the very last episode, and that last episode just provided all the memes that I've seen. (laughs) Nope. Nope. He's a big deal. I did watch the first episode of Dark. Oh, yeah. At your poking. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Oh, I love it. I feel like I need more episodes to really have any kind of firm judgment. That that first episode is a lot of just meet the 25 characters. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's a lot of characters. There's a lot of characters, but uh, I think, I think once you get thrown in like that, it settles down. You're not going to meet like 25 more in the next episode or anything crazy like that. Well, I hope not. I'm pretty sure you, you get like, for the next three seasons, you might get one or two new characters. <laughs> so you'll get to know them pretty well. And and they speak Chinese instead of German. So uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> the new characters. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> what have I been watching? Uh, I'm, I decided randomly to rewatch the Witcher series because I, I binged it when it came back out in like january or whatever whenever it was ish mm-hmm. i just binged it all so i forgot a bunch of it so i'm kind of slowing down watching like an episode every other day or so i've heard that song <laughs> yeah that's the famous meme from it yeah. right yeah that's the that's the only thing i've heard of that i heard that because uh, henry cavill's in it right is he's the guy yeah. i don't yeah. really i don't really like him and it's I mean, the only other exposure I had was like the crappy Superman stuff. Yeah. And obviously that wasn't any good, but he's a right. lot better in this. Well, I say that the character he plays is a pretty like monotonous, like, you know, one tone character. So if it's right in with his lack of fits, acting skills. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good, he's a good casting call. <laughs> <laughs> Sit here and look pretty. I mean, but he does it. He does it justice too. I think one of the more, uh, besides the toss a coin to your Witcher meme song, like the other famous meme from it is just his delivery of f bombs. There's just a lot of f bombs that are just really well placed in in the right tone. It's 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 a classic. That's that you know quality entertainment there. <laughs> Earworms and f bombs. Yep. Title. This episode titled Earworms and F-Bombs. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. My mom talked me into watching Tiger King, too. Oh, my goodness. I've sworn it off. uh, That was was like a time killer while she was here. So you already watched watched the whole thing? Yeah, we watched like an episode a night while she was here. Sometimes two. (laughs) It was ridiculous. To give me your true reactions. It's awful. Other people, but... It's awful. It's just, ugh. it's just a bunch of drama. It's literally, 
like he said she said stuff for like half of it and then the back half of it it's just like some court battles so then, so what is it uh the the thing i've heard the lady do you think the lady killed her husband yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think she did i mean she's crazy there's like nobody to like sympathize with which i hate like i always like try to i want to like connect with the character right you just hate everybody they're all so so dumb <laughs> awesome awesome there's nobody to sympathize with you just look at all these people and you're just what in the world is wrong with them they should have at least had like some innocent bystanders that are just like well i went to the tiger park and i thought it was a great time <laughs> well they tried there were a couple like staff like people that they try to get you to sympathize with but it's like why did they why why would you stay in that situation why they say they love the animals but it's, ugh, so, ridiculous. Uh, now it's probably the right time for me to tell you about my new business plan okay i've got three pumas from a guy i know a guy <laughs> puma guy jesus <laughs> Put them in your backyard. I just, I just want you to listen to this and think about it. I'm all asking is that you consider it. Oh, Danny Puma King. <laughs> Puma King. It's got a nice ring to it. Uh, I think my cat would get a little jealous, though. So I'm, I'm going to have to strike that one down. Oh, man. Well, okay. Yeah. You're more of an Adidas guy anyway. Hats. I got some new running shoes. They're not Adidas, but Adidas made me think of that. Really? Are you, I mean, I know, I know you're going to the gym a lot. Are you running now? <sighs> well, my wife, whom I yeah. love, she's a runner. Yep. I, I am not a runner. Yep. But she found the, this company called Vacation Races that oh. they organize these half marathons in the vicinity of national parks. Mm-hmm. And it's been a thing that we've always said we want to go to as many national parks as we can. And that's our thing together. We have like the national park passport book thing where you can do mm-hmm. the stamp at every one of them and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. um, we've, we've still done more separate than we have together. So that's why like we, we kind of want to make a point to do more together um, sooner rather than later. We're making plans now. Yes. And she found that there was a vacation race in May for Yosemite. Which mm-hmm. I've always kind of said, like, that's the one that I want to have, like, a couple's vacation that you and I do Yosemite, and that, that could be a big one, because that's an important place to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, this could be our big thing we look forward to, get out of this whole quarantine situation. Hopefully by May it's resolved, mm-hmm. and we can go to Yosemite, and we could do the half marathon one day, and we could do the half dome hike another day, we could spend, like, a whole week there, we could leave the kid with a grandparent for that time. And it could be our like, you know, not a second honeymoon, but kind of like our first really big vacation together since our honeymoon. Yes. And so I was like, I can't not do the half marathon with my wife in Yosemite. Come on. <laughs> so I signed myself up for it with her. Like we haven't, we actually think tomorrow's the first day we can buy an entry. So we're going to do that tomorrow. Um, and yeah, so I got nearly a year to prepare for it. So I started running some, and I could run a 5K right now. 
it wouldn't be fast, but I could do it. Um, nice. I've been doing a lot of 20 minute runs and I could easily keep that pace for 30 minutes if I need to. Um, but yeah, right now I'm more in a mental phase of coping with this idea of I'm going to have to do half marathon training in the winter. yeah so got the running shoes and right now it's just a mental battle so we're gonna do it gonna do a half marathon in yosemite because i love my wife (laughs) man this is so weird like no offense but i feel like our roles have switched like i always used to be the athletic person now i'm so out of shape i feel awful (laughs) that is true you have always been more athletic than me but yeah, like I couldn't run 20 minutes right now. I couldn't run 10 minutes right now. <laughs> the, dude, if you want to start uh, Sundays before D&D, it, it could be workout time. Yeah, but I would I be – I, I would have to catch up to you a little bit first because, like, I probably would struggle with doing, like, walk a minute, run a minute at this point. I'm that out of shape. Oh, yeah, we wouldn't start with a run for sure. You would, I, I would be making you go through some like true CrossFit stuff first. Oh Jesus, that doesn't yeah. sound fun. <laughs> okay, I'm going to spare you the big lecture, but the one of the coolest things about CrossFit, oh God, I'm such a CrossFit fanboy now, is it's the phrase people say is infinitely scalable. That like you pick a stimulus, and there's like a version of that movement for people that are really fit, but there is some version of that same stimulus down to people that are have chronic disease and injuries and can only do a little bit of it. So like, not that I'm a coach and could really get you through it, but like we, I could absolutely figure out a workout that we could do together and we would both feel like the same exertion, even though we'd be doing different movements, but we'd feel the same way. I mean, I I would be down for that. I definitely don't want to do it before D and D because I probably will be jelly afterwards and Sometimes I already have hard enough time getting through a D&D session. <laughs> I would not be cognizant enough. To... Next time I DM, I'm going to like make mini games of fitness for our D&D crew. Jeez. <laughs> Awful. Awful. Kirsten would love it. Uh, that's what I, exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh, yeah, Kirsten, Corey would probably be down. I can just Talking. picture like me and Jacob looking at each other like, ugh. <laughs> I got a chance to work out with Kristen on, we did um, Memorial Day Murph together and Mm -hmm. holy cow, she is fit. Like she's on a whole nother level than any of us at that table. Like like, whatever we do, we have to like find the hardest version for her to do. (laughs) Maybe kind of cool to have a, a one-off where like you have to, you build your character through a workout. That sounds awful. (laughs) It sounds like something like like half of you guys would be into. <laughs> and then I would be stuck with like a level zero character. <laughs> well, maybe if you did like, if you could do math problems while you're doing burpees, then you get like a, a really high int. <laughs> Jeez. The whole point of role playing is to play something that you're not. <laughs> Are you aware of the podcast, The Strong Songs? Alex, what do you think? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, not it, a chance. It might have been, you, you. now that you're a professional podcaster, maybe <laughs> you're 
really catching up all this. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's exactly the kind of project that I imagined myself being capable of doing when I was a music theory major, mm-hmm. where um, the host basically does a little analysis uh, paper on it, but then like it it's in podcast form. So he explains what's going on with the song and he uh, plays samples of it, but like he re-records the portions that he's trying to talk about and mm-hmm. does a really great job of saying like, you know, this little part in the middle is muddled in the actual mix. So let's recreate it here with a saxophone and a marimba and you can hear it clearer and he'll play, play the saxophone and play the marimba with it. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and even his recreations sound really good. And, uh, and he's like clearly a very, uh, talented jazz musician. Um, and a, and a talented theorist. Like he's got some really great insights that he talks about that. Um, but it's always in that, in that way of, if you, if you know music theory and you listen to it, then you know not only is he explaining the concept well, he's teaching the concept well. Like yeah. he's saying it in like a really nice simplified way so that people that don't know music theory will appreciate the statement and it's still correct. Um, yes. And like so you don't ever doubt that like he knows his stuff. But like it's finding that medium that, that so many other musicians that when they learn the theory then they don't – they only know like the 100% correct way of saying something and so they have to sure. use the – they, they can't explain what a one six five does other than they know it's a Roman numeral one with the six five next to it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how the book shows it. That's what you have to do. <laughs> like, and uh, yeah. It, so anyway, it's a really good podcast that I've been binging through um, because I watched Hamilton and because one of the episodes of the podcast was about a song from Hamilton. That's so <laughs> incredible. Which is why I really need you to watch Hamilton and I need you to listen to this podcast episode so we can oh, talk about goodness. it being music nerds. I mean, this yeah, this might be the impetus where I finally crack and get Disney Plus because I've thought about it just for Hamilton. Honestly, and you could I'm even like just it. listen to that podcast episode first, <laughs> and then let that be the okay. I gotta see it because it's so good. The other episode of this podcast I really liked was about a Suf John Stevens song. Do you like mm-hmm. Suf John Stevens? Suf John. Yeah. It's about Chicago. From oh, that's Illinois. a great song. Yeah, that's such a good song. And he breaks it down way better than I ever could. And then you're like, it's the kind of thing that I thought this was the stuff I was going to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I yeah. left music school because it turned out you don't get to do that kind of stuff when you're a music theorist. <laughs> <laughs> There's a YouTuber that does something similar that I really like. And actually, I would play some of his videos in my music theory classes. It's 8-bit music theory. And you do it with video game music obviously nice yeah and he tries to find like he'll get requests to like do an analysis of such and such game and then he'll kind of find thematic material things to highlight that happen throughout the entire um, soundtrack and he does a really good job of explaining it too and he'll he'll play the originals and he'll break down and play you know, separate lines and stuff like that. It's really easy for kids to follow. It's really nice. It's really good. I love it. Yeah. You know, I only recently learned that, um, it, I think it's less so now that with downloadable content and stuff, they can just have these massive MP3 files for all the soundtracks. But I guess like the actual NES system and other systems of that age, 
um, they they were actually like essentially synthesizers in the machine. Yeah. That the 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 console was playing the music, not just. <laughs> it was closer yeah. to like a player piano than to a recording. It wasn't a recording, mm-hmm. and like yeah. I I just never really actually realized that. Like, it. It's pretty quick to see how you get there, though, because like there's no like storage mechanism in there. Exactly. That's that's yeah. <laughs> you gotta cram as much as you can, or just replay whatever. Yeah. You know, without saving. I wonder what it'd be like to be the musician that has to like. You have to. You have to know computer science and music. Go. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. We're only gonna give you this much memory. Do what you can. That's why I love Nobu Amatsu so much. Because he was doing that stuff. Like, not only was he making these, you know, amazing soundtracks, but he was pretty much creating all of his sounds in, like, the Super Nintendo and yeah. the PlayStation and all that, too. Would you consider yourself a natural teacher? Yes. Yeah. I think... Especially, it's. I think it's always funny, like, you see people say, like, for music teachers, are you more of a musician or a teacher? Mm-hmm. And I've always been on the teacher end of things. Uh, ever since, like, I don't know, high school, I you know, you step up into leadership positions in band and you just, that's just how you roll with it, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I always feel like I'm more of a teacher, definitely. Like, how did, like... In in the same way that someone might say this is like this is my craft and this is what I do, how much is it worth saying that like if since you are a natural teacher that like how, can't you just like go and learn any number of things and then just go teach those things? Like, <laughs> you, honestly, I've felt like that before. I felt like I could walk into like a math classroom and just like start going, yeah, and do whatever, or an English classroom or whatever, you know. And uh, honestly. I had, like, I got a music appreciation class thrown at me this past year, and I had no clue how to teach, like, something like country music, but I just did it, and, it, you know, whatever. It just happened. I put together some really good country music units. And that's, like, that That itself just feels, you, you just wish there was more value to that. Yeah. Like, the, the, that the world would just understand that there are people that can do this. And those people deserve respect and money and time <laughs> and not just like having their pension taken away. <laughs> Before we were talking here, I grabbed the guitar and I was playing scales. Whoa, look at you. Yep. Oh, dude. I would say for the first time in at least five years, I actually even considered playing saxophone. Whoa. What brought that out? Um, It was really just the thought of, like, I kind of would like Grace to know that I can play saxophone. (laughs) (laughs) Do you still have, like, reeds and stuff laying around? That's what stopped me. I had some ancient reeds. I was like, I was not excited about putting those in my mouth. Yeah. Me either. (laughs) Like, this, whatever bacterial infection I get from these reeds is not the way I want to (laughs) die. 
<laughs> also, don't really want to go to a hospital right now. You know, I think I still have some saxophone reeds in my, my band director bag. I'll, I will double check and I might bring you some saxophone reeds. If they're sealed up, I would probably take that. Yeah, I think I do. Well, I, not 100%, but I will look. Only, I'm 100% I have some clarinet reeds. Because I like playing clarinet a little bit here and there. All below the break? No. Oh. Yeah, brave. Yeah. It's not good. It sounds <laughs> awful. I sound like an eighth grader, but, you know, I enjoy it. I would I, I would almost rather pick it up than pick up baritone. I pick up baritone, I'm just like, oh, God, I really suck. And I shouldn't suck. <laughs> you just have taste on that. Yeah, you know exactly. what you want to sound clarinet, like that. On clarinet, if I sound bad, it's just like, ah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of freedom to that, I think. Yes. That's also kind of what I guess I worry about with saxophone. You pick it up and you're like, oh, man. Yeah. I'm going to play anything and it's just going to be so bad. I, there's no way I've got a good embouchure in any way. No, no way. <laughs> I, you know, you you probably pick it up better than you think, though. I'm not going to say you'll be at, like, your collegiate level, but... Although my collegiate level was not really that much better than my high school level, so... Well, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's like riding a bike. I say that it was mostly that I wanted Grace to kind of know that I have it and I that I could play it and that it's there, and it's like... But then, maybe this is also like a bigger thing going on in my mind and what I'm reading. Um, I feel like I'm kind of following a thread of knowledge backwards. There was a couple books that I read um, years ago that really set me on when it affirmed what I was doing to really get into software development. Um, they're by Cal Newport. The books are so good they can't ignore you in deep work. And without really going too far into them, the thing that Cal Newport is now kind of known for from these books is this flow of logic that the thing that will make you more successful in your career is not necessarily having it be aligned with what you're passionate about. It's about having what he calls career capital, which is just a proficiency in some skill that is either very rare or just very valuable, even if not rare. Um, Mm -hmm. And so by following whatever it is that you currently have that has the most career capital and building on it, that's what will get you even more career capital and the process of just attaining a higher, higher level of something is its own reward and you will likely gain more passion about it just by, because you're going to become the best at something. And that's mm-hmm. a, like, there's feedback loops there that are enjoyable. Um, that's the premise of his work anyway. And uh, one of the things that he talks a lot about in those books is this deliberate practice theory. And I feel like I've now um, – I've got like five threads of books I've read and things I've watched that kind of go back to this deliberate practice theory idea. And like one of the books I'm reading right now called Talent is Overrated is kind of between the initial re- – the, 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 fi- the primary researcher that even coined that term, deliberate practice. Um, but one of, the, one of the case studies that's talked about in this Talent is Overrated book – mentions one of the memory people that was mentioned in moonwalking with Einstein Mm -hmm. about how like they, uh, 
they're able to better their memorization of digits through intentionally practicing it and how that didn't necessarily make them better at remembering everything. It just made them better at memorizing digits. Um, And like, so I kind of feel like I've got these multiple things that are all leading me back to this deliberate practice theory again, which like I'm already like on board with, but I kind of just want to understand it. And I think in a certain way, it's helping me parse out and cope what made me kind of fail in college with music where Mm -hmm. like it was a, it was my own understanding of how far back from the norm I had gotten (laughs) that like I was, I got past the point where working so much harder was even going to work because all the people I had to try to be compared to had already worked so much harder for so long that like, it's like I was out of that game. Like I'm not Mm going to be as good as the best people here. Um, and because I just don't have the hours left, um, hopefully I'm going to be graduated by that time. And, um, what it's kind of just got me thinking of like, what are the things that I'm doing now that are still worth putting in that deliberate practice on? Because that is still the the way to get better at something, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, even if you're not going to be the best in the world at it, it's getting better is good. So you have to decide on what you're, so what are you going to do? Like what, what are the things you are going to deliberate your practice and make sure that it's something that you actually believe in. And that, so while the part of it is that like, I kind of wanted to play saxophone with great, there's a part of it that kind of says, I wonder if maybe I'm past the point where I have all the emotional baggage about it, that I, maybe I could pick it up again and I could be good enough to actually enjoy playing it. Yeah. You know? Like maybe yeah. I've got maybe I've just worked out my issues, and I can just practice to enjoy practicing. Yeah, but I guess I'm just not quite there yet. But <laughs> I think that's what's in my heart right now. There were definitely points in my teaching career where um, I kind of hit that with euphonium with baritone. Because uh, I mean, you're you're a music teacher, but you're not necessarily keeping up your main instrument. It's just something fun on the side at that point, right? And uh, I, I can recall having just like spent hours just practicing for fun in my little music office. It's nice. I think you should look into it. Yeah, you should. If you're if you have that even the little subtle itch, go out and buy some crappy reeds, get some Ricos. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Then you can blame it. Then you can blame it on the reed. I, I almost assuredly will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also thought it'd be I'll kind bring, of. I'll bring I'll bring my clarinet and we can jam. <laughs> my favorite thing to do, and it only it takes about ten minutes, was to pull up YouTube transcriptions of drum corps shows. I'd play along with those. <laughs> I bet that's really fun. <laughs> it's so good. And like picking up a baritone, it's like, all right, I'll play some tuba parts here. That tuba part looks interesting. All right. Well, that trumpet part, yeah, sure. Let's go for it. Why not? It'll be down an octave, but that's fun. <laughs> I miss John Quarr. This would be about the time that I'm like start really following it. Yeah, 
I think just me checking out for a little bit and, you know, not thinking about band at all. I'm not missing it, but I'm sure that will hit at some point. Actually, I did think the other day we need to, have, we are behind. We're like super behind on beer and drum core. We haven't rewatched 2018 yet. Oof. Cause I was going through DVDs. Uh, I don't even think I've unwrapped it yet. I bought it and it's still in the wrapping. To be fair, I've watched the 2018 Vanguard show on YouTube like a hundred times. Oh yeah, times. me too. <laughs> so many times. <laughs> so many times. I tried to teach Gracie what the snap is. She doesn't seem to care. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> she likes the glow-in-the-dark yeah. shirt better than the show. I'll bring a trumpet, and then we can, we can show her then. Oh. <laughs> you know what? That's actually what I really need to do, is I need to pick up a brass instrument. Ah, there you saxophone. Go. Who needs saxophone? I could be uh, an old bearded brass player. Yep, there you go. Perfect. Alec, and then we join a brass band. Yes. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Did I tell you I was? Well, I went to a couple of brass band rehearsals? I did not know this. Really? I was really into it. Uh, Would I know anybody geez, else that was, was in it? it? It was, no. No, I don't think so. It's the Commonwealth Brass Band. They meet at IUS, Indiana University Southeast. Fun. In New Albany. Uh, they meet once a week. And, uh, yeah, I went to I went to two or three rehearsals. And just, I, the only reason I stopped going is just because I'm tired. And I want that one night. It was my one night pretty much off, and I didn't want to go to rehearsal anymore. Sure, so. sure. But, yeah, it was really fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, of course, I was playing euphonium, so like I get all the cool parts in brass band. <laughs> <laughs> Let those fingers fly. Yes. It was a bunch of old farts. It's kind of fun. As in, in Glassman, the euphoniums like we, we we had like the most boring parts in the show that we actually practiced day in day out. But during the parade, we had the hardest stuff in the parade. <laughs> so we spent like so much time having to practice these stupid parade tunes and we only have to play like four times but if we don't practice it in our sectionals then we're going to sound like doofuses <laughs> so that's pretty funny if I never have to play the Washington Post March again I'll be fine that's hilarious <laughs> you watch any of the X-Men stuff yet? I did I watched all three of the like original series ones yeah and, okay I guess this is maybe a hot take or Uh-oh. for movies that came out 20 years ago. <laughs> um, we, we talked about when we were first discussing how you were going to loan me the DVDs that like I had seen uh, X3, the bad one, several times. Uh-huh. I'm going to go ahead and say they're all really bad. That, that <laughs> one is not the bad one. They are all really bad. <laughs> um, like... I think if you compare them to today's standards, most definitely. I think at the time they were decent. I think I think a lot of it is nostalgia. Yes, I would agree. I, I think in particular, like the CGI stuff, that was pretty all pretty cutting edge for the time. Sure. And this was all before Spider Man Two. This was all before uh, Iron Man. It yeah. was it was before really the the Marvel pattern came out that people liked, and. Yeah. 
the uh, yeah. X two was the movie that I hadn't seen, and okay, so also in watching them, I had definitely seen the first one at some point. I didn't remember mm-hmm. when or under what context, but I remembered too much, too many of the scenes to have not seen it. Mm-hmm. So I definitely had seen it at some point. Um, but then X two, I'm very confident I had not seen, and that's the one that you had said was like the good one of the three. Sure. Yep. But like I. I actually am maybe going to say that I would actually say the third one is the is better than that one. <laughs> like the of the three, the, I said the third was the bad one. I think now I'm going to say it's actually the good one, but just they're all pretty Oof. bad. Um, yeah. Because now I'm I'm getting so into X Men right now, and my my favorite thing is just the 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 geopolitical struggle of X Men against the rest of the world. As opposed mm-hmm. to what the movie plays on, which is the struggle between the Magneto camp and the Xavier camp. Sure. And and, and I guess that's maybe just because I'm, I, I've really dove into the whole House of X, Powers of Ten thing. And that's kind of what it focused on. Yeah. But I think that that undercurrent is definitely there more in the third one than the rest of them. And yeah, it just I ends up being that. more interesting to me. Sure. You have to give it a lot of credit, though. The movie doesn't like really present it that well <laughs> but if you're like okay like if we if we examine the story and we say this is what it's really about that's the more interesting line i think yeah. um and it happens to be in the third one with that notion you're probably not gonna like the other ones the the newer ones either oh really <laughs> <laughs> i don't well i say that who knows who knows i actually i don't remember too much about them i remember like the basics the basic plot. That's about it. Well, I, I'm excited to saying? see them if only just because I know days of future past got a lot of really good press. So yeah, I'm willing to be. Yeah. I, re- I rewatched it. that one before I gave it to you and uh, I enjoyed the rewatch, but I, sometimes I enjoy crappy movies. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was one scene in the first X-Men that, um, it actually kind of hit me and it, it, it was, it was like, Ooh, that's a really good moment. And it was when, um, when rogue first gets in the truck with Wolverine, like in pretty near the beginning, yeah. um, that she asked him like, does it, does it hurt when the claws come out like that? And he's kind of like, looks back the road and says every time and it's just <laughs> like, Oh, chilling. It's like, Oh, that's so, that's so well delivered. And it's like, that's, that is to the heart of Wolverine right there. And, Ooh, young Alex would not have captured that, but <laughs> but old Alex is really into that line. That's really good. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason like they latched on to Hugh Jackman so much for this for so many movies. Like he did a really good job, I thought. Yeah. And Duke can deadlift. <laughs> Jeez. CrossFit stand account. <laughs> yep, here we go. <laughs> We haven't talked about chess. What episode would this be without some chess? We definitely got to hit some chess. Have you been playing much lately? Playing a little bit. I think I've got like three or four games going on right now. Nice. Um, I'm still getting four or five daily games, just blitz games or bullet games in. Oh, I actually, okay. I actually studied a little bit today, watched a video and like, expanded a line in my opening repertoire oh really 
Yeah. Doing some deliberate practice. Uh, exactly. And then I went and played five games and I didn't get to play the line at all. <laughs> that is the problem with openings, isn't it? Yep. It was a black opening too, so, you know. Yep, you gotta hope. Yeah. Have you, isn't there a way and, that you can like request a game with a certain opening line? I feel like there is, but all I do is play on mobile now, so... Mm. And I feel like some of the features are stripped down. I'm pulling up our current game, which I'll put the link to in show notes for the listener. I'm pretty sure I owe you a move here. I've already just moved. You all gave the way me a down. free pawn, and I forgot what happened after that. It sounds like me. It sounds like the right game. <laughs> the free pawn was a little while ago. Yeah, but there hasn't been many moves. There might have been like one or two moves since then. You do owe me a move. For the listener, we are currently sitting at move 11, waiting on Danny to make move 12. I know better now than to try to force him to do it while we're recording. He's <laughs> on to me. But yeah, this looks like a, like a pretty typical Alex Danny game. Uh, Alex doesn't have much going on, but we've got our pieces out. We're developed. And yeah. uh, Danny has potential and can actually choose where his pieces go. <laughs> so, I mean, who would you rather I got be? that knight. <laughs> I got that knight stuck over on a four. Yeah. That's not pretty. But yeah, everything else is looking okay. You know, it maybe it's rather um, bold of me to think that our listeners are going to want to watch two mediocre chess players play on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've actually been having a lot of fun with chess recently. I tr- I've been trying to check all my moves once a day and not get too riled up about any play, but like still like give it good thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoy chess too. Maybe I've just been in a really good mood recently. That's probably what it actually is. I've just been like actually enjoying my day to day. Nice. It's good to hear. Yeah. Grace has learned how to do some chess. That's probably my biggest chess news. Um, she already knew how to set up the board, and she really likes punching the clock. But what I was able <laughs> to course. do... Um, well, okay, so actually, if we back up a second away from chess, she has struggled up until very recently on taking turns of any sort with any game. Sure. Um, but she recently, like, something, a switch flipped in her brain, and now she will totally take turns and play games. Nice. Um, and we have a Pete the Cat game that she... Uh, doesn't, she also doesn't like losing. We're at, we're at that <laughs> phase. She likes playing games because she wins, and we play games that she has a chance of winning at. Uh, so she wins a lot because of luck and stuff. Sure. But with that, I was like, okay, great. Now we can start learning how the pieces move, and we can take turns. So I set up just the pawns, and we kind of played a little mini game with just the pawns. And uh-huh. I, I still haven't taught her en passant, but other than that, she can do all the pawn moves. And uh-huh. so I think next we're going nice. to learn the rooks. Yeah. But she, at least two days ago, she was able to be like, pawns move one at a time. And if I said, except on the first move, then they said, then move two. <laughs> <laughs> so she kind of gets it. Yeah. And she liked turning the pawn into a queen. She thought that was really cool. Oh, yeah. So we're getting her there. Nice. She's the actual chess prodigy on this podcast. Yeah, there we go. Four years old. Can move some, push some pawns. <laughs> Did you go to the comic book store today? 
No. 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 Fail. You're supposed to go to the comic book store on Wednesdays. Why is that? It's just the day new comics come out. Oh. Whoops. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, like, if you do want to try to get into it, like, because uh, the, often there's usually, like, free stuff, too, that, like, mm-hmm. comic charge will just have and they'll give to first come, first serve. And then it's uh, once a month there's the preview comics, which are kind of like the ads, but it's mm-hmm. still cool art and promos and you can know what's going on in the world. So it's nice to get those when they're out. Um, you can look them up online for free later, but they're free magazines when you get them. So it's kind of nice to go in and get those freebies. But then my shop today, their, their shipment came with, like was sent a day late. And so they didn't have any of the stuff out yet. They like had just gotten it like 30 minutes before I got there. And they're like, you have to come back in a couple hours. We're not ready for it. And it's not our fault. It's the worst. Yikes. Yeah. So I'm going to go back tomorrow. Yeah. And all the free stuff will probably be gone. But. <laughs> Rip. My life will be over. Oh, no. No free no stuff. No free for you. stuff. Did I talk to you about that Adventure Man comic? Nope. There was, I think there was one time that you and I went to the comic shop together. I was like, if they have Adventure Man number one, I'm going to get it. And they didn't have it. But then I ended up finding it in a different shop, so I bought it there. And then Adventure Man 2 came out last week. It's this kind mm-hmm. of like uh, pulp adventure kind of feel. Um, sure. Like steampunky, Indiana Jonesy sort of thing. Yeah, maybe maybe we did talk about it. I vaguely remember. It's, it's, in, it's turning out to be really good. Um, Nice. I'll let you read it next time you're over at the house. I really like the heroine. She's a very interesting character. And then at the end of issue two, rather rather than having like a letter section where the authors get to like talk about what they like about the process or answer questions from fans and stuff like that, they cut all that out and put in like resources to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. It was great. And nice. So yeah, Adventure Man nice. turned out to be a really good comic. Nice. There's got to be a joke about you and heroin in there and why you're in such a good mood. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) 